0: Good morning, everyone. Apparently, it's really cool to bring your uh, MacBook on the stage when you preach. All the cool preachers do that, so I tried that as well. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Alka Meyers. I am uh, one of the youth leaders here. I'm married to uh, Bev, who is somewhere here. Where is she? Oh, there she is, look at that. Um, Do you mind if I start with a little story? Please do. All right, great. So it's a story about a kid in class, and um, this kid was just the top of the class. Her name was Annie. Um, You might recognize that there's always that kid that is just really good at everything he or she does. She would get straight A's. Everyone wanted to be her friend. She was really good at sports. She had the look. She was good at studying. You know, she had it all. And all the boys just wanted to be her boyfriend, too. But then, there was John. And John actually had a really hard time at school. He tried so hard. School was really tough for him. And he also wanted to be like Annie, because Annie got all the praise. But John always felt like he was the last one to understand the problems in class. He actually wanted to become a girl, uh, her boyfriend, but he knew that she would never really look at him because he was just not as good as she was. She wouldn't look at him. And on the one hand, he wanted to really be as good as her, but then on the other hand, he would, he would wonder, why would I even try? I'm not gonna be as good as she is. He would work, he would study, and still get maybe a C or a B. And she was one of those kids that, oh, I didn't really study for that, and got an A. And that made John just feel so bad about himself. He just always felt he wasn't good enough. Now, can he blame Annie in the story? Is Annie to blame for him not feeling well about this? Annie was just doing what she was doing, she was made like that. She just, it. It just came effortlessly. She didn't have to do anything for it. But John just felt awful because he could never really measure up to Annie, let alone be her boyfriend. Always trying to become something or someone, but just slightly failing at it. Do you recognize that? Now today I want to read from Romans 1 verse 6. And um, it's about the law, it's about Jesus, and it's about us. So bear with me. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law and that binds it to him so then if she has sexual relationships with another man while her husband is still alive she is called an adulteress but if her husband dies she is released from the law from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man so my brothers and sisters you also died To the law, through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Now this story is a really helpful illustration of our relationship with the law and with Jesus. You see, the, you see God had created mankind to flourish and reign on the earth. You might be familiar with the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were not permitted to eat from this fruit. But Satan came along and said, "Why you, should, you can eat from that fruit. It's not that bad. And you would become like God. He tempted them. And it looked good to them. And they ate from it. And from that moment, there was a separation between them and God. Sin had entered their life. Now honestly nothing really changed since then, does it? Did it? We still find ourselves dealing with sin in the world. You only need to open up your app about the news, and you would find that you are confronted with bad news by, because of bad decisions by people. We find ourselves doing the things that we don't want to, but God had a plan to save mankind from their sin and to restore their relationship with Him. He planned to work through people. He wanted a people for himself that would be a light to the world. He wanted to dwell among these people, and in order for for God to dwell uh, among them, these people needed to be pure, they needed to be clean, and they should not be sinning. And God did that by establishing rules. And these rules would affect every area of life. This would affect the way they eat food, what they eat. This would affect how they worship, when they worship. This would affect social life, marriage, everything. The judicial system was based on it. Not keeping the law had consequences. Justice was required after failing the rules. But God knew that even these people could not keep the rules. So he planned that they could come to him with sacrifices. They could come to him and bring these sacrifices so that they would be clean, they would be cleansed from their sins. And this happened all the time. There were people, priests, this was their job. They made sacrifices day in, day out because people would come to them for um, forgiveness of sin. There was just no end to the people's sin. And the law, it wasn't the problem with the law because the law was actually beautiful, perfect, and holy. Jesus summed the law up in two ways. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. And love people like yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. But mankind forgot about God. When things go well, you forget about God. You think of yourself before other people. We'd rather take from the poor than to give generously. We'd rather not get caught when we've done something wrong, so we tell lies. You see, the law did not prevent people from doing what was wrong. It did not help them at all. And you see, if the people of God is not able to do this, what about the other people in the world? They have fallen short. We, we have fallen short of the glory of God. Just like in that story, we're not going to be like Annie. If Annie was the standard, we would just feel miserable because we were unable to be like her. And that's not on Annie. It's not her fault. But it's just we can't do anything about that. Paul describes this in the, at the end of chapter 7. Mankind is not able to change their sinful heart by working at doing the right thing. Even though someone wants to do the right thing, evil is just right there. It kind of works right through the law. Mankind would fail one way or the other. You see, the law was never intended to help. The law shows our sinfulness. Paul says, you know, after asking whether it's the problem of the law, whether the law is bad, he says, no, no, no. Yet, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Sin works through the law. It takes the opportunity through the rules, through the commandment, through the law. It deceives us, and through it, kills us. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Notice that Paul isn't saying, who will rescue me from the law? The law is just, holy, and good. We just can't keep to that standard. There's nothing that we could do to save ourselves. The law demands justice. The law keeps us captive. The law was the regulator between God and His people, and because it demanded obedience without giving the power to obey, it has the effect of locking people up under the power of sin and death, which is just religion. That is exactly what religion is. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56, it says the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. You see, the law is powerless and death instead of liberty and life. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. The greatest news of all time, God came with the perfect solution. It was his plan all along. We were unable to fulfill the law, but God, out of love, sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus is flawless. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is guiltless. Jesus had a perfect relationship with the law. The law would not be able to say or would not be able to correct him. Jesus was perfect, so the Father, for our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus knew no sin, carried all the sin of the world at the cross, and on the cross, He somehow became from sinless to becoming the worst sinner ever on earth, and He became the curse for us, so that the law was satisfied, forever satisfied. A sacrifice was made, and the law was fulfilled in Jesus. Justice was served. Every sin in the past, in the present, in the future, forgiven and put on Jesus on the cross. Sin died on the cross in Jesus. Hallelujah. And you see, anyone who believes in Him as Savior receives forgiveness of sin and is liberated from that law. That is grace. Christ fulfilled the rules on our behalf. For all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So then we've come from a place of captivity to the law, to where we were forever married to a strict, fault-finding, overbearing husband, never lifting a finger to help us. And that is no more. That is no more. Paul says in verse 4, so my brothers and sisters, you also die to the law through the body of Christ die to the law. At conversion, we move from one domain into another, from under the law to in Christ. The law didn't die. We died in Christ. There was nothing wrong with the law, remember? There was nothing wrong with the law. But now we are in Christ. We have been placed in Jesus. We have been released from the law. And it's kind of similar to... A soldier's discharge. Dr. Martin Lord Jones uh, uses this story and I think it's a great illustration. Think about a soldier who is being discharged after years of service. He has undergone harsh training, he has always been told what to do, and one day he's discharged. So he's walking around in Portsmouth enjoying the sun, loving life, enjoying the freedom, And all of a sudden, his old sergeant is right there. And the sergeant says, or screams, Hey, soldier, attention! And the soldier cringes, but suddenly realizes that this man no longer had authority over him. So he's like, Bye, sergeant. See ya. And the sergeant is screaming all he wants, but he has no control over someone who is discharged. You see, we are no longer under the law. We are discharged. We are released from it. Once and for all, it was settled. And we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. So not only are we forgiven, Not only have we moved from one domain into another, verse 4 continues. It says, So that we may belong to another, to Him who has been raised from the dead. So we're not free to do whatever we want. He didn't release us from the law so we can do whatever we want to do. No, it's so that we belong to another, so that we belong to Jesus who rose from the dead a new and glorious marriage appears, a perfect union, one where He would never leave you or forsake you, where His grace is sufficient. And this new marriage is one without condemnation. It is full of grace, and Christ will help us reign in life. Now, one day, or a couple years back, I was 16 years old. I was doing an internship (laughs) <laughs> I was doing an internship <laughs> I was doing an internship uh, with a friend of mine and um and uh, we didn't really have much to do and we were chatting about faith and he just had come to know this girl who went to church and he was really interested in her, so he went with her he um He really liked their worship, he really loved their teaching, and he was just really open to the gospel. So I shared the gospel with him, and we started talking about God, forgiveness, Jesus. And at one point, I told him, hey, do, do you want to accept Jesus? And he was like, yeah, I do. I really want to. So I was like, oh, this is fantastic. This is amazing. We're so happy. I went home really rejoicing, thanking God. And the next day, I came to my work, to that internship, and we, we started talking again. And all of this uh, kind of, we started talking about. Well, now you're, you know, you're forgiven and you've accepted Jesus. What is it going to look like? You should probably start doing this. You should probably um, go to church now. You should probably pray, and you should stop seeing uh, these people. You, and I started putting all these rules on him. I was putting this load that was really not good for him. And I don't know why I did that. Was that my faith? And instead of showing him who Jesus was and the glorious grace of Jesus, I was saying, well, now this is what it looks like to be a Christian. You should do this. You should do that. And don't do this anymore. And I should have shared how, how beautiful Jesus is and how his grace is sufficient for us. Now do you think that this guy is still excited about following Jesus when he went home? Do you think he was like, "Oh, I'm excited. This is good. I feel good about all those rules and I'm going to try?" No. So not only did I show him the wrong direction, I actually also it showed my faith in how my view of Christianity was corrupted. Was my belief based on following the rules? Or based on grace, clearly I thought he needed to clean up his act to make it a Christian. Clearly I didn't believe that when he accepted Christ, he was a Christian. Clearly I thought for some reason he now needed to do all this extra stuff. Why would I suggest he go back under the law? And I think there are many of us who think that following Jesus is based on following rules you know, forgiveness is received, but now I need to make sure that I stay a Christian. You know, and I was 16 years old. So, parents, how do you think your kids view this? How do they see grace and Jesus? People, how do, you, how do people see your lives? Is it grace or law? You know, the merits of you and Jesus cannot be enjoyed while you're looking back to the old husband. It would be really weird for me to, because I'm married to Bev, it would be really weird for me to think about old girlfriends. That would not work in our relationship. That would not benefit us. In the same way, we should look back to the old husband. We have died to it. But, you know, sometimes the law just kind of creeps in. We go back to our old ways, we think it's about approving about approval again but you see like jason said there's a marker standing right there we have we can see we can look upon the cross it's a marker that our old self has died the law is no longer for us because it will not work it just will not work to go back to the law and trying to earn god's approval And Paul is warning. He's warning the Roman church. He's warning us. He calls them into the glorious truth that is about the relationship that is based on grace, not about the law. Terry Virgo puts it in a phenomenal way. We do not need rules. We need to be reborn. The law has limited skill other than leading you to Christ. Once it has done that, Christ does the job. You do not go back to the law to finish the job. And for us, Jesus wants us to acknowledge that our position has completely changed at the moment of our conversion. We are free to start enjoying the eternal life we have been given through our new husband. If you're struggling to believe this, I want to encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Pray that He will release you from trying to strive and help you to never, never, never go back to trying to earn His acceptance. Jesus wants you to stand firm in His grace. Jesus wants to give you life to the full. That's what He promised. Jesus wants you to accept Him and He wants you to repent of your sins. You see, grace came at a great cost. Following Jesus is not a joke. It is not cheap. It requires us to turn away from our old life, to put away all of those old manners that we used to do, not to get His approval, but to bear fruit to God. We are His, and He will help us to look like Him. We've entered into a glorious marriage A marriage that is held together by love. PJ put it so well. He calls us, he called it a beautiful love affair. Jesus said we would reign in life. Are you experiencing the joy of following Jesus? Or are you trying to earn his approval? God gives us a new heart when we believe in Jesus. We belong to him to bear fruit. And He continues us. He continues to show us His grace. Things change when we are reborn. We're able to do much good because we are in relationship with Jesus. We're able to do what He does. And I heard a story this week about an 18-year-old who was at court in uh, Texas. He, um, he was sinning there because his brother was eating ice cream in his apartment when a woman came into the apartment thinking that it was her apartment. She was a cop, carried a gun, and she entered and thought that he was an intruder and shot him. Now, she was at court because she was sentenced with multiple years in prison. But this young man, this brother... He wanted to say something to her, and he said in court, and it's recorded if you want to see it online, "I I want you to know that I forgive you, and I want you to know that even though others say that they want to see you rot in prison, I want you to know that I don't want you to rot in prison. I want you to receive Christ. I want you to experience the forgiveness of Jesus. And he said to the judge, can I, can, I hug, can I hug this lady? And he said again, please, can I hug her? And he went down and he embraced the woman and he told her again and he gave her a Bible and he told her, I really forgive you. I really want you to receive Christ. I really want you to get to know Christ. And I think he could do this because he has received that forgiveness and therefore is able to do the same. I don't think this was out of duty at all. You know, justice was served. She is sentenced. Those are the consequences. But he showed the heart of Christ. He wanted to forgive her because he has been forgiven. That was not following the rules. You know, when God takes a hold of your heart, you are... Able to forgive like Him. Because in, in marriage, you become more like your partner. You can see that. People start to th- know what the other things. People will sometimes wear the same things. They would like the same things. And it's the same in this marriage with Christ. We are becoming like Jesus. He helps us become like Him. And it is good so we can bear fruit for God. And it starts really simple. Jesus, forgive my sins. So sometimes you just forget that it was all about love in the first place. But this is what grace is. Jesus fulfilled all the rules on our behalf. The basis of our relationship with God is not based on the rules, but on His grace. All my sin, all of our sin, were placed upon Him. Jesus paid the price that we could not pay. My sins, our sins, past, present, and the future are completely forgiven on the cross. I am no longer bound to sin. We are no longer bound to sin. And we can enjoy the freedom from sin in the present and in the future. And you know, when I do fail, when I do fall, I know that I come before God. Father, thank you that you've forgiven me. Now, that doesn't mean I could do whatever I want. We belong to Jesus. God has given us a purpose. We are sons and daughters, and we are free to do good works. And this truth completely changed my heart. You know, My heart changed towards God, where I used to think I need to earn His approval. Now, thank you, God. I want to be helpful to you. I want to live my life like you want me to. Thank you that you've given me grace. And because God forgives, I am able to forgive. Because God loves me, I am able to love people that I thought I would never be able to love. Jesus helps and provides strength to endure tough times. I do not need to look back at the old husband anymore. I have died to it. Now I just want to look at Jesus' face, his glorious face. The old husband is no longer and is no longer for me. I have died to it. Praise God. Let's thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved us, that you have set us free from the bondage from the captivity that we had to the law. Thank you that you create a new heart in us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us a new heart. Thank you that you that we belong to you now, that we're not somewhere floating around, but that we have purpose in you, that we are able to do good works because you give us strength. Thank you, Jesus. We worship your holy name. Amen.